Going, man. Uh, welcome to episode number 149 of the Average Man Podcast, mate. Uh, yeah, 149, dude. We're, we're getting up there, man. Um, man, I spent about 10, 10 or 15 minutes scrolling through Epidemic today to, to get a track to bring this old, this podcast in and just wasn't feeling anything that I was that I was checking out and that one just was the, the one that I, I landed on at the end. Bit of a bit of a sort of if uh, euphoric pop electronic kind of number yeah I, I like the feel of it um, yeah man I kind of usually try and pick a song that relates like the title or the vibe of it whatever relates to what I've been talking what I'll be talking about on the podcast but that one was kind of just where I landed man um, so yeah it is episode number 149 it's Sunday the 7th of May and I'm I'm single dad Doing the single dad life for the next few weeks. Mrs. is is down in Perth, um, in the hospital there. She's all right. Um, just getting some shit sorted. So yeah, doing single dad life at the moment, which is you know got its challenges. And I'm not going to harp on about that too much because there's plenty of single mums out there who do the damn thing um, every bloody day. Um, but yeah, the kids are kids are at a birthday party today. So it's given me well, this afternoon. So that's given me a little bit of free time to to squeeze this one in. Um, you know, I had to get permission from Heidi to to leave the birthday party. Uh, the mum of the the kid whose party it was, our neighbours, she she offered to to take the kids over with her because they know that I'm here on my own. And I said, sweet, that'll get me uh, some time to do my podcast. And then when I dropped the news on the kids, Heidi was just like, no deal, no deal. You got to come with me, Dad. So I had to go down to the party, drop them off, hang out for for a little while until she started getting uh, comfortable and then hit her up and said, oh, can I, can Dad cruise off now? Are you happy? And got the, uh, yeah, got granted my leave. So took off. Shade was cool with it. He doesn't really care. Um, it's a good man. He's at a good age. He, he's always been uh, a bit of an anxious kid. My boy does not, you know, was always real worried about being left alone and he's still quite scared of the dark and stuff like that. And we we kind of, we call him Safety Sam. He's usually very uh, safety conscious when it comes to activities. But, you know, uh, after school care wasn't working out anymore. He, he's, he was getting in trouble there and wasn't like enjoying himself. You know, he's like one of the only boys in his age group left there now. I think he might be, you know, usually the only boy in his age group that's there there's a heap of girls a heap of younger kids they scream and run around they get in his face and then he like you know tells them to you know piss off whatever in his in his own way and and getting in trouble for that so i got sick of you know being reprimanded by the the daycare staff about you know all the things he's doing wrong he broke a doll and he broke some doll or elf toy or something right this is weird man he broke this toy and I'd heard about it. It was like a Friday or something, right? I heard about it from the, the lady in the room. And I was like, okay, we'll chat to, I'll chat to him about that when we get home. Then like Wednesday the next week or something, so like nearly a week later, days and days later, I go to pick him up and he's done something else that he's in trouble for. And the director is like sort of waiting to ambush me as I, as I come in the door because they've called me, asked me to come down and like come pick him up. I'm at work and she, you know, said, no, I'll be there after work. So I roll in there to pick him up. The director's sort of there waiting and ambushes me as I walk through the door. And she's got 
the broken elf toy in her hand from like five days earlier. She was she was literally it was in her hand when I walked in the door like she was walking around holding this thing, this elf with a smashed in face. And she like holds it up, shows me, Oh look, this is what Shay did. And I was like, Didn't you do that last week? Yeah, 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 but I just you know, you know, it's just the kind of thing that's been going on. And I was like, You lady, that's weird. Why are you holding this toy that my eight-year-old son broke like a week ago, man. I've already spoken about that. We've already spoke to Shade about that. Like, and this is the kind of shit that was going on. They'd call me up, oh, Shade's sort of um, having trouble re- regulating his emotions. He's frustrated. He's been a bit mean to the other kids and stuff. And I'm like, he's not a mean kid. Like, I don't know that parents quite often are blind to what their kid does. But, I mean, I cross-reference this this shit, man. I ask other parents. I ask, other, I ask the teachers at school. I, I look at the way he's behaving at home. I ask his sister, who is quite happy to dob him in at the drop of a hat. Has Shady been naughty at daycare? Has Shady been bullying? Has Shady been, you know? And all the answers are like, no, he's fine. He's not getting in trouble at school. He wasn't in trouble at home. And we've got two new people in the daycare, and all of a sudden he's in trouble in the daycare like multiple times a week, and they're calling me. And just for a bit of reference, um, we get subsidised daycare. So we pay for each kid to go to daycare four days a week, so for the fortnight, eight days for each kid for like two hours they're there in the afternoon, uh, $500. So $1,000 a fortnight for daycare and then the government pay another $1,000 to the centre as well. And they can't keep him busy for two hours in the afternoon without calling me up and telling me that he's breaking a doll or he's he's rough with some kid, you know. And like I said, he's these these are new people. This started just this year when we had two new people in the room who was you know like English is their second language, you know, maybe, and they you know perhaps don't know how to deal with little boys very well. So I, I, when I caught her walking around holding the toy he'd broke a week ago, and and you know. I'd been called four or five times in the past week to come and pick him up and all this sort of shit. I sort of bailed her up. I said, look, lady, I didn't say lady. Um, you know, I don't talk to people like that, but for the point of this story, I said, look, lady, um, th- this is like turning into an ongoing thing. You've got the people in the room calling me near on daily, telling me about all the terrible things Shade's doing. I said, and I just don't quite understand because um, – He's never had these issues before. Like we've had issues with him. He's a kid. All kids have issues. We've worked on those issues, and it seems to be a bit of a pattern when that stuff's going on. So, but he's not in that zone right now. He's not getting in trouble at school. He's not getting in trouble at home. His sister said he's not being naughty, not being a bully. So the only thing that's really changed since this started is that you've got two new people in the room, and all of a sudden he's a hassle. I said, you know that my boy's been at this daycare centre longer than all your staff, including her, right? I didn't say that, but he's been there longer than all of your staff. And and all of a sudden, you've got two new people and he's a big issue. You know, is he really the fucking issue here? So I was like, fuck this. Sick of this. The pain of, you know, I'm paying 500 bucks a fortnight for these goons to look after him for four days a week and they can't even fucking do it. So we pulled him out of daycare and just explained to him, look, dude, you're going to have to come home on your own. He was pretty nervous about it at first and... Doesn't like to be left on his own, but we explained to him that, you know, this is to get you out of hanging out at that daycare, man. Like, no one wants you there. Um, you don't want to be there. Let's just fucking cut ties and, and, and move on with our life. Um, and he, you know, he understood that. Obviously, I didn't say it to him exactly like that, but that was the gist of it. 
And so we've, we've 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 got him coming home now, man, which is cool. You know, it's it's one hand you're like, oh, you know, your kids are growing up and you'll never get these years back, and that is something that you know you think about as a parent. But on the other hand, it's cool to see him growing in confidence and 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 coming, you know, becoming a boy, you know, rather than a little boy, which is cool, man. And part of that was that we were get a we bought him a watch, a smartwatch, a kid's smartwatch, so that he can call us if he gets in trouble because he's going to have to come all the way home from school to home on his own and we can track his whereabouts you know so if he was to get lost or if you know have been someone snatched him off the side of the road you can track him literally exactly where he is so we got him this watch and we did the research and did the best smart watches for kids and i wanted to buy one of the cheaper ones and the missus was a bit worried that it was going to be crap and we ended up buying like pretty much one of the most expensive ones on the market for kids it's called space talk it's all the rave connects to your phone, GPS is really good, video call, all this stuff, right? And the fucking thing doesn't work, man. Like he can he can phone call off it, not video call, he can phone call and, and I suppose message um, and that's it. It will not connect to the iPhones, man. I've watched all the YouTube videos, I've called support, I've, I've been through the steps online, deleted the app, reinstalled the app, deleted the account, reinstalled the account. Been trying for a week now on both two different phones. Will not connect with the phone. So frustrating, man. Like, it's so frustrating when this technology you spend all this money on just doesn't work, man. You spend good money on a good product and you expect good results and it doesn't happen and there's just no fucking customer support. It's like, to get hold of these pricks is like good fucking luck. It was like, do you remember in the old days you bought a prepaid phone? You could buy a phone for like 80 bucks. Buy a prepaid SIM card, stick it in that sucker, fucking turn it on, and it's good to go. It's rolling. Those days are just long gone, man. So frustrated with this phone, this watch. Doesn't work as advertised, and there seems to be no recourse for the consumer. Other than put some review on site that gets lost in the myriad of websites to, you know, discussing these sorts of things. So pretty pissed off about that. So that's this afternoon. The kids are down at, the, down at a par, uh, party and Dad's got a couple of hours to himself for Savo. Uh, did watch the UFC today, which was a little bit lacklustre, to be honest. UFC 288. Uh, the main card was Aljamain Sterling versus Henry Cejudo for the bantamweight title. Um, Aljo is, the, is and was the champ. And... Cejudo is coming back. He was the champ, retired as champion, has come back from like a three-year layoff to, to try and come back and reclaim his belt. And it was a big build-up, big hype, good fight on paper, and it was a pretty good fight. Um, was wasn't bad, but it was a bit it was a bit lackluster. The whole car was a bit la- a bit lackluster. Nothing stupendous went down. The co-main event should have been a really good fight. That was a bit lackluster as well. One of the dudes hurt his arm in like the first round and couldn't throw his left arm at all, and it was kind of. Just a, it was a high level fight, but nothing exciting happened. You know, by the third round, you were pretty sure no one was getting knocked out or submitted. It was just going to be a tit for tat fight on the feet, back and forth, technical fight, you know, which is fine. But it's nice to have some of those and then some real, like, holy shit type fights, which there really wasn't. There was a good knockout on the on the main card. The, um, the Chinese girl knocked out Jessica Andrade from Brazil, which was pretty cool, but it just wasn't enough. Real exciting moments in the card, um, which is a bit und- underwhelming. Uh, but you know, and for Sahudo, 
come back after three years. I think he could do better than what he offered in this fight. Perhaps if he'd have came back and had a tune-up fight first, that wouldn't have been the worst idea in the world, you know, to come back after three years and fight the champ straight away. And he's a pretty high-level champ. He's not just like the guy that's in the spot out of deep by default. He's defended it three times, you know, and, and he's a legit champ. So maybe it would have been a better idea to, to come in and have a tune-up fight first, but he didn't. And, you know, I'm not sure what his plan is moving forward now. Um, and there's, there's really not that many large, uh, real big exciting fights on for some period of time now. There's the Women's Bantamweight Championship, which should be a good fight, but fairly certain uh, Amanda Nunes is going to win but knocking this other chick out like she does to everyone else. But... Really, until Connor fights later, later in the year, after he gets cleared by USADA, there's no real big fights um, directly on the horizon. But saying that, it's been a pretty good, it's been a pretty good year for fights so far, man. We've had some, we've had some bangers. We had the Perth card, which was you know champ versus champ, uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, Volkanovsky versus um, uh, the lightweight champ. I'm blanking on his name all of a sudden. Um, anyway, versus the lightweight champ, which which was great, and Jack Delafort on that car, that was a hell banger. Like that car was so exciting from start to finish. Every fight was great. The vibe around it was great. It was just like so intense. The Adesanya versus Pereira nah, you know, a rematch was so good, and the knockout was amazing. And there were some good fights on the undercard. That was a banger. Uh, the John Jones card obviously was sick. John Jones returned for th- after like three or four years and just destroys the uh, his the competition to take out the heavyweight title of, of the UFC. And I'm pretty sure there's been oh yeah, Kamaru Usman rematching Leon Edwards for the welterweight title, which I watched in Bali as well, which was another banger. So there's been some bloody big cards so far this year, and I suppose we're due a bit of a lull in the action for a while. Um, so yeah, there's a few things coming up later in the year, but really, um, the next real big super fight, like big big card, is that Conor McGregor one, which hopefully isn't too late in the year. So there'll be some other big ones announced in between now and then, but there's nothing like that we are expecting at this point in time. So you know, and I really in something like a year full of good fights. Uh, good, you know, good sport on TV, good TV shows. Like that stuff's a real good distraction sometimes from, you know, from life. Because um, you know, sometimes we need that. You know, when life's a bit hard. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, I've been feeling a bit, a bit, sort of lost lately. It's been a bit of a rough period of time for me. Uh, this last year, two years, maybe year, year and a half, particularly. Um, and, and I find myself honestly just at the moment really having less and less desire to just work my life away. Do you guys ever feel like that? Um, I don't know, mate. I just wonder at times, do, I mean, I wonder this all the time, to be honest, do, do we have it right? Do, do we have it right living to work, you know, like... How many people that you know are in jobs that they love, like that they love? You don't get me wrong, I've got a good job. I enjoy my job uh, at times. Um, it can be very rewarding and satisfying. I learn a lot in there. It's, and it's, it's a good job, right? 
but it's not my passion in life, you know? Like how many people do you know that really love their job, that are doing what they were born to do, that are doing the thing that they are so passionate about that because we spend so much time at work, man, like so much time at work when you break it down. So if, you, if you're not doing something that you're passionate about, something you love, something you want to spend your life doing, then, you know, it's always going to feel like work. I think the goal is to, to, to make money doing something that you love. So when you put all those hours in, when you spend all that time doing it, you're actually doing your hobby as well. You're doing the thing that you love to do and you're throwing everything into it. And that way, you know, you, you, you've got a high chance of success and you don't feel like you're wasting hours of your life or days or weeks or months or years of your life. And, you know, you, you, you won't feel like you're working even though you are putting in hard work because you're doing what you love, man. I just... We're, we're so geared towards just getting a job. Get a job. Work hard. Save your money. Spend money on education. Get the mortgages and get this and get that and fit into society and and don't stray too far off the beaten path. We need doctors and lawyers and teachers and engineers and and we need tradesmen and we need nurses and 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 all the those things that we do. We need garbage men. We need landscapers. We need all those things. Fucking damn right, we do. No shit, we need those. Right, we really do. But do we all need to be doing that? You know, like because this is what we teach our kids. You know, go to school, listen, sit down, shut up, get a good, get a job, go to uni, go straight into a trade, whatever it is. Don't love your job, mate. It's a good job. You're making good money. Just save your money, and you can do this, you can do that. And this is what we teach people. And this is what we've been taught to do through our lives. Well, we we think it's we think people who who throw that away and chase their dreams for less, for no money or less money or whatever are crazy. You know, he's fucking out there. Thinks he's going to be this. Thinks he's going to be that. He's fucking throwing a good job away. Blah blah. Fucking blah. That's so back. That's so backwards, man. You know, you should get an expensive uni degree. You should do a job where you have to work bulk fucking hours, and it's fucking you get a solid paycheck every fucking week. That's what we think. That's what I think as well. It's what we've always done. Um, but we're working hard at jobs that we're not passionate about to make someone else money. And most people we know who do that aren't happy, like really happy. Do you know what I mean? Like. If you think that most people are happy, or a lot of people are happy, or people you know are happy, or yourself is happy, when you're at work, when other people are at work, do are they just focused on doing everything they can about to 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 succeed in that task at the moment, at the time? I know that we all can all fall into that where we're just really fucking trying to nut something out, but really in the back of the mind, how many people do you know during the week? Who are looking forward to Friday Just looking forward to the weekend Friday, yes, Friday Thank God it's Friday Fuck yeah Friday afternoon, weekend, yes Love Saturdays, yes Love Sundays Monday morning, ugh Fucking Mondays, I hate Mondays And we think that that's normal Why is that normal? You know, like 
why are we doing something that we want to be doing, that we love doing, and that the weekends doesn't fucking matter? We keep fucking doing it in our spare time anyway. And Monday morning comes around, doesn't fucking matter because it's we didn't go out and fucking get blind drunk all weekend, or get wasted, or fucking do whatever to try and forget about our misery for a few hours. We just fucking kept living healthily and fucking positively, and fucking got up early and did the shit that we do every other fucking day. And Monday comes around, it's like sweet Monday. I love Mondays. I feel good on Mondays because I look after myself and I love what I do. How many people do you know say that? Well, fuck that, man. It's, don't know. Just can't help but think that we've got that backwards, you know. Anyway, just pontificating down the mic at the moment, mate, so bear with me. There's been a lot of um, hoorah online lately uh, I've been following. Definitely, obviously, I've spoken on this podcast before about Matt Walsh from the documentary What is a Woman and that movement like he's I can't believe he's still on Instagram hasn't been kicked off because he's been going after the trans activist community pretty hard in the paint and left wingers in general and I'm not a right wing or left wing guy I'm not really I don't really give a fuck either way but there's a lot of ideologies that the left have been pushing upon the rest of us over the last few years that are disgraceful and I think they deserve a pushback and this guy's pushing back hard, man. But that, I've seen a lot, that, that starting to happen in Australia lately as well. Because places like Melbourne, you know, in Victoria, and, and that, that it's kind of getting out of control. Um, the, this ideology, the gender politics, the fucking different genders. Um, the, 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 the big one, though, that gets me... Look, I don't... I'm not like an anti-trans person at all. It's really not none of my business. I don't really give a fuck. I think it's sad that someone... Um, there's obviously exceptions to this, but the amount of people that are coming out now as trans and they, and they tend to be young and confused and whatnot, and, and, and that makes me sad that these people think that there's something wrong with them and that's affirmed by the doctors and psychiatrists and... Um, professionals and by the culture that say, yeah, you're right, there is something wrong with you, you should be a woman, you do need to go have surgery to fix yourself. Like, that's kind of fucked. That's the message that we give people. But I'm not angry at these people. It's not something that I would go protesting or anything like that, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I take people on who they are at face value when I meet them. If they're a good person, they're a good person, mate. That's what I'm interested in. But... It's the overreach of this movement that's kind of solicited this large pushback from the conservative and religious groups and that I do understand. It's, it's like leaving people well, alo- well, well enough alone who aren't hurting anyone else is a great philosophy for life. And those people do start to impose their values in a way and way of life on, on others and, and especially kids, young kids. I think that's where the line gets crossed. So, and I believe it's probably a, a minority of people who think it's okay or who are advocating for basically the sexualization of kids, but, but, but they're a loud minority, right? And the weaker majority seem to sit by in silence while this is going on. What am I talking about? I'm talking about people talking about gender politics at school. I'm talking about exposing young kids as young as four, five, six, probably maybe four, five, yeah, probably six years old and, and up to gender politics and... And this sort of stuff is starting to creep into the schools. And that, I think, is a line that really should not be crossed because gender identity, gender politics, ideologies around gender and sex have fucking no place in primary schools. It's not important to young kids. They don't give a fuck about your sexual orientation or your gender. They're 
the young, I mean, they do care about your gender. The kids are very, my daughter's obsessed with whether someone's a boy or a girl. But they don't need to go into the fucking nuances of, of, of people who think they're, uh, who are in a woman's body and but but feel like a man. Like, it's sexualizing children, right? Trying to introduce them to these concepts. They just need to be left alone to be kids. And as I said, people haven't been pushing back on this for a while because they probably don't want to be on the wrong side of the conversation, the wrong side of history. But I think that they will be if they don't start standing up to this kind of shit because the tides are turning. And there's some predators in these other communities. There's predators in every community, right? But specifically what we're talking about, there's predators in this transgender um, ideology community, for sure. They're in every community. They're definitely in that one as well, right? And somehow they've been lured out into the light of day with this push to teach and influence young kids about gender and sexual orientation. Um, and other people in the community have sat by and allowed it to happen because they don't want to be the, the, the voice in the room saying, hey, this isn't right. And anyone looking at them going, you're a bigot. But the rest of us have heard it, we've seen it, and, and we're now starting to respond. And you're starting to see that in Australia as well. And I think the message is loud and clear that you need to stay the fuck away from our kids. It was the same message uh, that we got with the COVID vaccination, right? We sat by and were pushed around and let people fuck with us and do this and do that and scare us. And you can't do this and you can't do that. And oh, by the way, you have to vaccinate your kids as well. Fuck off. That was the, the response. And I think that's the response you're starting to see now as well. Because kids aren't a part of this game, this movement this conversation, and they shouldn't be either. This is an adult's battleground. This is, these are these perverted fucks that have brought kids into the melee or the parents who have used their children as pawn pieces uh, for social clout, you know, for um, validation, um, for, um, you know, to, 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 to virtue signal. Um they deserve to fucking they, – they deserve to – everything that's coming to them, mate. You're not good people if that's what you've been doing. Let kids play. Let them be kids. Let them absorb – let them absorb what is the normal culture around them in an organic manner and let's not force our weird shit on them, right? Right? Like, they don't need to be part of our debates and, and, and use as pawns to prove people's ideologies, right? And – that's, yeah, and that's, that's basically it, man. It's, it's taking it too far. Kids don't need to be part of this discussion. Uh, let's let it play out in the cultural battlefield where it is being played out now. Let's get a bit of time between the explosion and popular, in popularity of these sorts of ideas and, and transitions and, and movements and see what happens 10, 15, 20 years down the track before we jump wholeheartedly into this and saying it's a great fucking idea. Anyone who wants to be a fucking opposite sex should go and get medical intervention and change their gender. Like, let's see how that plays out because it's already starting to come back and bite certain people in certain clinics in the ass, where people in their teens had gender reassignment surgery and they're now in their early 20s and they're fucked up and they're like, what the fuck did people do to me? I'm all messed up. No one fucking told me about the risks to do with this. This is a lifelong commitment. I'm now, my, my life and my hormones and my body's a fucking mess. I'm going to sue you because you never fucking told me. This. That's, that's already starting to happen. And again, I don't have anything against trans people. Some people I believe probably really are 
feel they do really feel that way, and for whatever reason, they're never going to find peace until they they make that sort of adjustment in their in, in their biology. Uh, 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 or, I mean, not no, not their biology in their physiology, essentially. But that's not everyone. That's a minority. It's not a huge fucking thing. These are people who don't have life hard enough, who who don't have who have too much time on their hands, and these are the kinds of things that they get involved in. These are people who want everyone wants to be special. They want to be special. This is a way to be special. So people are just jumping right on board. If you want to, you want to. If you feel feminine, you can be a feminine male. You can be a feminine male. You can love female things. You can even love dressing as a woman and you hang out with all women and you feel like you connect with women more. That's fucking fine. You don't need to have medical intervention and fuck your body up. That's sort of where I'm coming at it from, right? Just fuck me. Medical inter- These doctors don't know as much as they pretend. They don't. They don't. And don't get me wrong. Medical science is amazing, okay? Some of the shit that they can do, some of the surgeries and operations, open heart surgery, brain surgery, change your fucking, swap your, your kidneys out, fucking plastic surgery, make your arm work again when you've been in a mad car crash. That shit is amazing. But as far as like increasing quality of people's lives, dealing with chronic illnesses, um, understanding nutrition and the role it plays in chronic illness and general health. They're not good at that stuff. Dealing with hormones over a long period of time with people who are messing with their genders, they they don't know what they're fucking doing, man. They don't, you know. They have a hard enough time dealing with just fucking straight... Normal men and women who have fucking chronic illnesses in their life, let alone introducing all this fucking crazy hormone, uh, 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 um, you know, fuckery to the situation. It's it's they don't know, they don't have as good an idea uh, about what they're doing as you'd think, man. They really don't. Why are we not getting better? Why are we not getting healthier as a society, as a as a species? Why are we getting sicker? If doctors have all the answers and medical uh, science is is that advanced and that nuanced. Why are we getting sicker? I believe largely because of what we're fucking eating, but we can't have that conversation for some reason. Um, we just want to bury our heads in the sand and and come up with more drugs to treat fucking diseases and illness and illnesses that were not an issue fifty years ago. <laughs> and no one, no one's life gets as good as it was before they were ill with just the introduction of medication. Find someone to tell you that story. I was fucking, got chronically ill in my 30s or 40s, went to the doctor, they gave me this fucking medication and I didn't get any side effects and my life is just exactly 100% normal like it was before I was ill. It just, it's just, it's fixed it. Who, what? Where's that fucking story? You don't hear that story. It's fucking, yeah, the medication helped and then there was some side effects and then I got used to it and I had to change to another medication. Now I'm on seven different medications and some of them counteract the other ones and now I have to have one medication to help me deal with the symptoms of the other one and I'm losing my hair as well. And I fuck, like, it's fucking a nightmare and then we become cocktail fucking pill cocktails inside our fucking bodies, man. So... I don't know, man. Like, obviously, I'm just a dumbass chippy. You're gonna take anything I say with a fucking grain of salt. But you know, essentially, man, we, you know, I believe that the 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 answers don't all lie inside 
the doctor's surgery and we should really be taking our own health into our own hands and as far as you know you feel like you're the opposite gender to what you you are in your body maybe maybe do a bit of soul searching first maybe think why that matters so much to you maybe think um, what it would be like to be in an, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, a, a situation or a country where you really don't have the option to, to, to talk and think about those kinds of things. And um, yeah, you do the work to think, what the fuck, why do I feel like that? I need to become, I need to get to a place where I'm happy with who I am, you know? Um, well, how about, why don't we try that as a first line of defense? Fuck me. I don't know. Maybe I'm fucking crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. Um, I really didn't mean to go down a tangent on that one, um, and I really hope that people listening to this don't think that I'm a, a, a hateful person or a bigot. If you do, well, I can't say much to you. I don't really have much to say to you. You're obviously not listening to a fucking word I'm saying, if that's the, the message you get out of this, because I'm not. I'm concerned about people. I'm concerned about the, the culture around this. I'm concerned about the how fast we're heading in this direction. I'm concerned about the effect it's going to have on the kids, man. That's really what I'm concerned about. Um, and I just think that that something that wasn't this much of an issue 50 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, can't be this big of an issue now all of a sudden and be legitimate. It, it, it's not – it just doesn't make any sense. People are unhappy with their lives. People are unhappy with who they are. People – judge themselves based on social media ideals people are told that there is something wrong with them when they feel uncomfortable in their own skin and i think that that's terrible that we aren't encouraged to try and love ourselves and accept ourselves for who we are how are you going to accept other people for who they are if you can't even accept yourself for who you are so i guess that's where i was going with that one and i've probably been far enough down that rabbit hole now anyway Look, um, I do probably have to wrap it up. I'm going to have to get myself ready for the uh, the kiddos to come home from their party shortly. But um, yeah, I did miss last week's episode because, as I mentioned to you at the start of this one, I've had a I don't know ups and downs, bit of a bit of a rough time lately, and and I just really didn't have the energy last week to to come and do the podcast. Um, it wouldn't have been real. I would have been either. Lack, you know, low in energy and 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 a, a, a bit shit, or would have been being fake. And I don't want to do that to you guys. I don't want to come in here and put on a, a show and pretend everything's all hunky dory when when it's not. So I just didn't have the energy last week. I really just didn't, couldn't find it within me. So I left it out. But I'm back. I'm back this weekend, and I will look to keep the um the consistency up for you all. So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Hit me up on socials. Insta's the one I use the most. Please go follow the Instagram account, share this podcast with your mates, subscribe to the YouTube channel, help me get those numbers up. All right, that's it, Average Man Podcast, episode number 149, Cosmos, Cosmos. All right, take it easy, peace.